Good morning. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. But first, let's catch up with some of the day's top headlines. Hurricane Isaias has been downgraded to a tropical storm after making landfall in North Carolina last night. Heavy rains, flooding, and tornadoes continue to threaten communities along the East Coast. The director of the U.S. Census Bureau announced workers will end outreach efforts for the once-in-a-decade count at the end of September. That's a month earlier than previously announced. According to NPR, four out of every 10 households have not yet been counted. And voters in Kansas, Michigan, Arizona, Missouri, and Washington head to the polls today for primary elections. The numbers speak for themselves. The United States has about 25% of the global COVID-19 cases and deaths, but only 4% of the world's population. Yeah, two years ago, Ed Young warned us about the existential threat of a global pandemic, and he asked whether America would be ready for it. He's a reporter for The Atlantic. Since the coronavirus emerged globally late last year, Young has spent months reporting on this topic. And after speaking with more than 100 experts in different fields, he's now out with a comprehensive review of what the United States got wrong. Here he is on CNN. This is one of the richest countries in the world, and seven months into a pandemic, it cannot test enough citizens to work out how many are actually sick. And he argues that the U.S. failed to contain the virus because of shortcomings that already existed in American culture and society. Yeah, we all know these shortcomings. Our underfunded public health system, racial inequality, our weakening social safety net, and social media through which it is so easy to push out misinformation. Mm -hmm. Now, in his article... Young warns, while everyone is desperate to go back to normal, the normal way this country functions is what got us to where we are now. Yeah, but Duarte, it's not all doom and gloom. Young says this pandemic is both tragedy and teacher for this country. And if we can heed its lessons, the nation has the potential to recover stronger and to be far better prepared for next time. Because as Young once again predicts, there will be worse pandemics in the future. We've got an election coming up where millions of voters will be casting their ballots by mail. So the post office is going to be really, really critical. But there's been a steady stream of reporting over the past few weeks that puts the post office's immediate and long-term future in doubt. Yeah, this has been a slowly building crisis, but it is worth taking a moment to understand how we got here. As of June, there's a new postmaster general who has donated a lot of money to the Republican Party and to President Trump's campaign. And as you know, the president has been very critical of the post office. So there's a golden rule of the post office, never leave mail behind. According to memos obtained by The Washington Post, as well as interviews with employees, this new postmaster general put some new rules in place in an effort to save money. Postal workers were told at the end of the day, if there's still mail lying around that needs to be organized or put away, they're now supposed to just leave it there. And Vice News is reporting there are signs the post office is planning to reduce hours or entirely shut down locations. According to Vice, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin demanded to know why 12 offices in his state announced they were closing. The post office said it was a misunderstanding that these locations were merely targets to potentially close in the future. 
but it was confusing. And among workers and union leaders, there's a real fear that the current administration wants to effectively kill the Postal Service as we know it. And going back to the elections, the Washington Post says that so far, tens of thousands of primary ballots have already been disqualified because they didn't reach their destinations in time. And voters, postal workers, and election officials are starting to get anxious. So if you plan to vote by mail, election officials are urging you to send your ballot in as soon as possible. And the Postal Service recommends that you request your ballot at least 15 days before the election. Being a working parent in America has always been tough, but now with the coronavirus and so many parents working from home, it can feel nearly impossible. I know it because I deal with it every day. In 2018, way before most people had even heard of the coronavirus, more than an estimated 23 million parents sent their kids to daycare and school while they went to work. Today, millions of those parents are trying to do it all. In an essay for BuzzFeed News that seemed to resonate with a lot of people on social media, Vanessa Wong writes about the feeling of failing all the time and how that feeling is becoming the new status quo for a lot of parents. And she writes about this moment where she's reading The Cat in the Hat to her son, and the cat is trying to balance the cup, the cake, the fish on a rake. (laughs) And she realizes that's what parents in America are trying to do right now, too. And as if the analogy couldn't get any more on the nose, the cat in the hat, of course, drops everything. And she says parents are feeling that same sense of impending doom. It happens to everybody, even parents in positions of power are feeling this pressure. Senator Tammy Duckworth wrote an essay for Time magazine this week about the impossible positions moms in particular are being put in. Duckworth fought in the Iraq war, but says teaching her five-year-old son how to read and write has become the hardest job ever. Mm. Duckworth writes that mothers are going to sleep each night, quote, terrified that we're failing. Yeah, what Wong is calling for in BuzzFeed News is for employers to be more flexible and to allow parents to put their families first right now. Senator Duckworth calls on her colleagues in Congress to expand paid leave in the next COVID-19 relief package. And by the way, this story focuses on a particular type of mom, educated and fairly privileged. Imagine what the rest of America's working parents are going through. And finally today, when you and I travel, Shamita, our biggest problems are likely trying to get extra leg room. But for the rich in this country, the skies are apparently a place where you can make the most ludicrous demands. Yeah, we got the dirt on the most elite travelers from a new article in Bloomberg Businessweek. It's titled Eight Shocking Secrets I Learned While Working on Private Jets. And it centers on a jet sharing service. It's a little bit like Uber. It's called Jet Suites. (laughs) The article mentions a Silicon Valley founder who kept putting plates of sushi on the floor, standing on a seat, holding a glass of Cabernet and, quote, maniacally pouring soy sauce from up high. And according to the writer, this guy was insisting on eating the entire meal while lying down. (laughs) What is that? The the personal (laughs) assistants of these VIPs also come in with their own list of demands. One person demanded that only blue hydrangeas should be on board. Another person wanted a disco ball hanging in the cabin. And another personal assistant demanded that the cabin crew not make direct eye contact or speak with their guests. Of course, they shot that one down. This is such a nightmare. Yeah, you'll find me in Coach Duarte. (laughs) Quite happy to be in Coach. (laughs) Me too. 
You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're there, check out some of this week's audio stories. We'll talk with you again tomorrow.